Welcome to another episode of Believing God's Promises, where we don't just read the word, but believe what it says. We are in the middle of our series called God Is, and this series is taking that verse in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, and we are looking at what love is, because the Bible tells us that God is love, and if we know that God is love, then we can break down this scripture that has definitions of what love is. Love is kind, it's patient, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, and we can put God's name in the place of love, right? Because if God is love, then in love is kind, then God is kind. And so we're taking this scripture and we're looking at how God actively loves us. And this has been an amazing, an amazing series that we're doing because we're really getting to see how much God loves us and how he actively does so. But we're not stopping there because it's not just about us getting God's love, right? We are called to go out and love people. We are called to love God and love people. So what did it, what would it look like if we went out and loved someone? How can we love someone like God loves us? We can be patient with them. We can be kind with them. So we're not only looking at that side of it with God, right? But we're looking at what our part as believers is as well. And today we are talking about how love does not keep records of wrongs. And so God keeps no records of wrongs. You know, I think sometimes when we think of God, we have this picture of him up in heaven with this giant whiteboard and this black marker just putting these tally marks down every time we mess up, every time we have a bad thought, every time we act out in a bad way, anytime we sin and God's just sitting there keeping track of it. And that is so far from the truth. That is not who God is. That is not what love does. I love what Psalms 133 through four says. It says, if you, Lord, kept us a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you, there's forgiveness so that we can with with reverence serve you with with reverence we can serve you god so god what does he do he doesn't keep record of wrongs he doesn't keep track of our wrongs he's not sitting up there keeping tally so that he can use those things against us and he can condemn us and he can call us guilty and put the guilt and shame and condemnation of this world on us right that's not what he does that's not who he is no what did he do he sent his one and only son to to forgive us to to die on the cross in our place and today i want to read about part of that because there's a piece of this that if we really get a revelation of this, then we'll have a better understanding of God's love. So let's go ahead and turn to Luke 23. And we're going to read in verse 32. So before we get started, I just want to give you a little backstory here. So up until this point, we know that Judas has pretty much completely betrayed his friend, right? Because Jesus was Judas was one of Jesus's disciples. And so he sold him out and he betrayed him. He turned his back on him. So Jesus has been betrayed by one of his disciples. Peter has disowned him. He denied him three times. He said he didn't want to have anything to do with him because he didn't want to be associated with this guy because he sees what's happening to Jesus. Jesus has now been beat. He's been flogged. He's had the crown of thorns placed on his head. He's had people spit in his face and mock him. He's been through a lot. He was at a vulnerable state in this point in time. So let's read in verse 32. It says, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. 
When they came to the place called school, they crucified him there along with the criminals. So here Jesus, our perfect Lord and Savior, is now being crucified with criminals. One on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. So Jesus here is in his most vulnerable state as a human being. He has nothing left. Physically, he's drained. Emotionally, he's drained. And he has every right, because he is God, he has every right to say, God, don't forgive them. Look at what they've done. But he doesn't. He does the opposite. It's crazy because he says, Father, forgive them. They don't even understand what they're doing. Now, I want to point out that in this moment, you got to understand that Jesus has taken on all of sin. He, it says that he bore our sin. When he was on that cross, he took on our sin. He paid for our sin. He stood in our place. And so in that moment, I believe that Jesus wasn't just talking about, Father, forgive the soldiers that put me up here. Or he wasn't just talking about, Father, forgive the teachers of the law and the Pharisees that got me here. But he was saying, Father, forgive everybody. Forgive every person that has ever existed or ever will exist because they don't understand understand what they're doing. Because see, here's the deal is we put Jesus up on that cross, didn't we? Our sin is what put him up on that cross. And God, God took that for us because he loves us. But the point is, is that he had every right to say, don't do it. He had every right to keep a record of our wrongs. He had every right to actually condemn us, yet he didn't. He died for us and he said, Father, forgive them. It is his forgiveness that we get to walk in freedom. It's because of what he did on that cross that we don't have to stand condemned in front of God, that we can be righteous in Christ, that we can be holy in Christ. What does that mean? That now, instead of God seeing us through our sin, the blood of Christ covers us and he no longer sees our sin. He sees us through the eyes of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And so when we read this story, we can see how powerful this is. But man, we are always so excited to accept this and to say, yeah, God doesn't keep a record of my wrong. I'm so excited. We like expect that, don't we? We expect that from God. And, and that's okay because that's what his word says. And, and God holds true to his word. He's not going to say that he's going to do something and not do it. That is who God is. He's He has forgiven us and that's great. But here's the deal. When the tables are turned, and I want you to hear this, when the tables are turned and somebody has done wrong to us, what do we do? Hmm. When somebody has betrayed us, when someone has mocked us, when someone has talked about us behind our back, how do we react? When someone has gossiped or spread rumors at work, when someone has told us that they would do something and then they took it back, how do we react? When someone has hurt us deeply and said things that that hurt us, that wound us inside, how do we react? Do we keep a record of their wrongs? Now, I'm not saying that we need to sit there and take abuse. I'm not saying that we don't put up boundaries. It doesn't say love doesn't put up boundaries. It says love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. It doesn't say love doesn't keep people accountable for the actions. It says love doesn't keep record of wrongs. But it's hard when we're in it. It's hard when we're hurting, right? It's hard whenever all we can do is think about how that person hurt us. We're the first one to look at them and say, well, I would never do that. 
I'm not going to forgive them because they did this to me. Well, if Jesus would have done that, where would we be? This is hard. This is hard to hear, but it's the truth, right? If we want to be more like Jesus, then we need to be more like Jesus. We need to say, Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they're doing. Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they're doing. They don't even understand the kind of pain that they're causing me. See, but it's hard when we're in it. It's hard when we're hurting. It's hard when we're it. It's nighttime and and we feel like we're all alone and we don't have anybody and we're in our room crying and all of the pain is hitting us. It's difficult, isn't it? I'm not saying it's easy, but what I'm saying, I don't think it was easy for Jesus either. I don't think him being on that cross and, and having to bear all of our sin was easy. Being a Christian isn't always easy, right? But God is calling us to live a higher life. (coughs) I get myself worked up sometimes. (coughs) God is calling us to live a higher life. And this is part of it. You know, not too long ago, I had a situation where I was really depending on something from someone and they had told me something and I was so excited about it. And I was just like, yeah, this is going to help with the ministry and this is going to help us in certain areas. And I was, I was just so excited about it. And then whenever the time came, they retracted that. They said, well, never mind. This isn't, this isn't what I'm going to do. This I'm not, you know, I'm yeah, it's not going to happen. And I was so hurt and I was so confused. And I was like, well, how could they do this to me, God? I don't understand, God. This hurts so bad. They told me they were going to do this and this was going to help me. And I was depending on this, God. And and now I don't have this and I don't even know what I'm going to do, Lord. And I began to cry out to the Lord. And God brought me back to some of these things that he's taught me throughout the year and I, the years. And I want to I want to teach you guys, because when we're in the middle of it, and when we're hurting and when we're crying out to God, he wants us to go back to the truth of the word of God. He doesn't want us to rely on our emotions because our emotions are going to tell us to go slap someone in the face or to go off on someone or to go and defend ourselves. Right. But that's not what God says. No. What does God say? Number one. Meditate on the truth that we all fall short. This is going to help you. Write this down. This is going to help you in in the midnight hour when you are hurting and you are crying out to the Lord and you don't know where else to turn and you don't know what else to do and you want to condemn the people that have hurt you and you want to keep a record of those wrongs so you can throw them back in their face and you want to not let go of this thing. One of the best things we can do is meditate on the truth that we all fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all, not some, not a few, but all. We've all fallen short. What we need to realize, because I think we have a misunderstanding about sin. Now, there are different consequences for sin, right? But what we misunderstand about sin is that there's not sins that are up here and sins that are down here. Again, consequences, yes. But whenever it comes to sin, so often we say, well, they sinned up here and I'm down here. So I'm in the low to medium sin, but they're in the high to extremely high sin, right? And we begin to compare and we begin to say, well, I, you know, I could forgive them if they did something like I did, but because they did this, then they need to have this happen. They need to have that happen. They don't deserve my forgiveness. They don't deserve for me to ever talk to them again. They deserve 
death, which we all do. But here's the deal is that we all deserve death. And that's why we need a savior. Thank goodness Jesus came to this earth and he already paid the price for us. Amen. So who are we to hold this, these wrongs that these people have done to us? How, who are we to hold on to them? Who are we to condemn them? We are just the same. We are all in need of a savior. We all fall short of the glory of God. Before we give our lives to Christ, we are all sinners. Okay. There's, there's no, oh, well, you know, I'm in the A or B category. You're in the D or F. No, that we're all sinners. We're all sinners. This is so hard for us to comprehend. But if we can just ask the Lord for a revelation of truth of this, I'm telling you, it will set you free in this area. You will be able to walk in freedom in this area. Whenever I first gave my life to Christ, I had so many people that had hurt me. And I'm talking pain, hurt me, like abuse and just different things. And one of the first things God said is, Carrie, it's time to move beyond this. It's time to forgive this, forgive them. And one of the first things that God showed me was that I was no different from them. Again, that doesn't mean that we need to take abuse. That doesn't mean that we don't have boundaries and we don't keep people accountable for their actions. But I had no right to hold the a record of their wrongs. I had no right to come in and condemn them. I am not God and neither are you. And so when we begin to ask the Lord to show us that we all fall short, then what happens is he begins to humble us. He begins to lower us down because before that, we think we're up here. We think we're better than everyone. We think that our sin isn't as bad as everybody else's. But whenever God begins to show us that we all fall short, and he begins to humble us and we begin to realize, man, I need a savior just as much as they did. And it, and it opens up the door for us to have grace for the people that have hurt us. Number two, let's see if I can get this down. Number two, be willing to forgive. And this just goes without saying, I mean, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. In the midst of your pain, whenever it's hard and you're hurting, I'm not saying that you have to fake fake your way through it. I'm not saying that you're going to immediately feel like you've forgiven them. I think sometimes we misunderstand that. Forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. Forgiveness is saying, God, I forgive them. It hurts God, but I forgive them. If that's all you can do is just stand there with a posture of surrender and say, Father, I surrender. I forgive this person for hurting me. Help me to continue to forgive them, God. Help me to want to forgive them. Wherever you're at, God will meet you there. Just be willing to surrender and say, I want to forgive. I don't want to hold on to this because when we hold on to things, it only hurts us. This is where bitterness and resentment and hatred come in. And in that situation, I told you there was a while that it took me and I was like, God, I just, I want to forgive them, but I'm just so upset. I don't even know what to do. So I just over and over, I was like, God, I forgive them. God, I forgive them. God, I forgive them. God, I forgive them. And finally, something in me broke. Now, it doesn't mean that the circumstances changed. It doesn't mean that I felt okay about the situation, but I did have a peace inside of me about the person. And that's the place that we want to get to, which leads us to number three. 
because this is one of the most helpful things that you could ever do for yourself. What happens when we have a problem and when someone hurts us? A lot of times we're going to sit there and we're going to think about it and we're going to talk about it and we're going to tell our friends about it and we're going to tell our husband about it. We might talk to our dog about it. We might post on it. Don't do any of that. No. Instead of sitting there and dwelling on the pain that you're going through, there is something amazing that happens when we go out and bless someone else. When we go out and bless someone in the midst of our pain, in the midst of us hurting, you know, because it changes our focus. Instead of focusing on our problems and what's happened to us, our, we are now focused on loving someone and that brings us joy, right? And what's so cool about that is when we go out and love someone else, then God is back here and he's already working all these things out. We don't even have to stress about them. We don't have to worry about them. We're going to live longer because we're not stressing our heart out 24 seven, right? So find someone to go out in love. And you know what Jesus says? Luke 6, 27 through 28. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. So Jesus tells us, don't just go find someone to love. But hey, what about loving that person that hurts you? What about praying for them? What about blessing them? What about going out and buying them something? What about taking them out for coffee? What about doing something for that person that literally just hurt you? Man, the enemy will be so mad if we just learn to go out and love people when people are not kind to us, when people hurt us, when people don't treat us right. Amen. Amen. 